Hello once again, everybody. I am the Common Sense American. And in case you missed it, Kathy Griffin decided to throw up another tweet and become the enemy of half the country again. Uh, I think that'll be the focus of my podcast, although I will expand a little bit beyond that uh, because it touches on a topic I have discussed several times over in the past few years, which is that if we have two sides in a country that cannot speak to one another and don't speak to one another, and all communication essentially ceases, then we have problems and then you have uh, the, the, the foundation, the beginnings of a confrontation or a civil war. Now, we don't want a civil war. I can explain to you why that would be intensely bad, uh, besides the obvious reasons, and why we would lose. Now, before you freak out about that, wait a minute, but I will explain what I mean by that. But first, the, uh, the tweet in question that kicks off this whole little uh, monologue of mine. Griffin, uh, as you may remember, back in 2017, she posted a picture of herself holding up uh, what appeared to be the decapitated head of then-President uh, Donald Trump. Now, I don't care what your political views are. I, I don't care... Um, what you think of an elected official or, or how strongly you, you hold your beliefs. That is not acceptable in any way, shape, or form. It's not art. Uh, it's treason. Um, I, I would say the exact same thing if anybody, any uh, conservative celebrity, uh, did that with, uh, with an Obama mask or, or Biden. Or that, 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 that's wrong. It's wrong on every feasible level, not to mention the fact that it's just tasteless and tactless and disgusting and serves no purpose whatsoever besides to incite violence and prove that you're a disgusting, tactless, tasteless individual, which, which of course is what she is. Now, this time, she didn't go quite that far and uh, said that if you vote for Republicans in the midterm elections and they win, we will have civil war. Uh, and if you Demo vote Democrat, that won't happen. Um, Senator Ted Cruz was one of many to quickly fire back, saying that it's wrong, that this is just another example of the left's uh, being angry and violent and hostile. Um, and many people, of course, reminded her of her 2017 uh, nasty tweet and said that essentially we've sort of been in a, a civil war ever since, because uh, partly because of such awful uh, imagery that has come from the left and and various you know pushbacks against the Trump administration and all that. Now that tweet is a perfect example of what I've been talking about for a long time. It's tone deaf. But then again, just about everything is tone deaf uh, because the left doesn't speak to the right and vice versa. There is no interaction between these people anymore. If you, I mean, you, you hear it all the time. You, you hear about families just being ripped apart by this. Friends disappearing into thin air because they just don't agree uh, in terms of, uh, in, in their political views and societal views. These things just start to unravel because they stop talking and start screaming. And when you start to have 
when the media backs this up and social media essentially becomes a giant, two giant echo chambers because all of media, all of it, the digital revolution, how it works is that it, it, it tailors itself to you. That is what AI does. That is what these algorithms do. That is why when you uh, think of you want to buy a new pair of shoes and you're searching for, I don't know, bicycle shoes and you go and look for for a little for, for an hour or so and you, you're doing a little bit of research, then for the next month, regardless of whether you bought them or not, you're going to see a whole lot of ads everywhere you go for shoes. It's the same. It's creepy, but it's reality. Um, and, be, and especially if you use Google and are not protected in any way and your searches are just viewed by every single uh, algorithm on the planet, your, your, your stuff is going to be plastered all over the place, you know. Um, and because of that, you have to understand that this is what you see. Your reality is now being dictated by these algorithms if you are not interacting uh, in, in reality with this other side. So when you follow all these conservative accounts or when liberals follow all their liberal accounts, that's all you're ever going to see because the algorithm says, okay, this is what they want. This is the material and content they want to see. We're just going to give them this. They're not going to see anything else because they're not going, there's no point. They won't engage with it and it's just going to be a waste of time. And the algorithm isn't wrong. For the most part, that's not wrong. That's what's going to happen. So, what else happens? Well, they need you to engage. So they're going to throw the most inflammatory headlines at you as they can. Even the mainstream media outlets are guilty of this. Because even if the, the, the headlines aren't as inflammatory as some of the more far-left or far-right uh, sites and sources, they still have a bent to them, and that's the only kind of thing you're going to see. Now, ever since the uh, FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago, for example... You may notice, and you probably have, that every single headline that you probably see flooding into your phone or coming across your, your desktop, your laptop, or whatever, it's all anti-Trump. Pretty much every bit of it. I mean, in order to avoid, in order to see anything else, you're gonna, you will have to specifically seek out, um, you know, Daily Wire, Breitbart, Daily Caller, The Blaze. Fox, maybe. I mean, you don't have any choice because, and the, but the problem is they have they don't have as much visibility thanks to the liberal oriented uh, social media and big tech that determines what you see, right? So the mainstream is only going to see Trump bad, Trump guilty, Trump evil, all of that. That that's indicative of everything that we've seen in the past weeks. That that's that's proof of what you're up against. But it's also proof of the echo chamber, because if you follow a bunch of conservative accounts, you're going to see everything that's defending Trump, and you follow liberal accounts, it's going to be the exact opposite. And at no point are any of these people talking to each other. Kathy Griffin, obviously, clearly, does not interact with any conservative on the face of the planet and hasn't for a very long time. I want, I want to turn your attention to a story I read uh, yesterday about a young uh, Californian, a liberal who took it upon himself to be a little more open-minded than his liberal brethren and went to a Trump rally. And, well, he was stunned by 
by what he saw. I think, you know, if he, if he only went by what he was told he would see, if he went by his feed, for example, say on social media, which I'm sure, being a liberal, would be very liberal-oriented. If he, The reason he was very surprised is because that's all he has for reference. So if he's going to go by that, he probably feared for his life at this rally. Because the rhetoric has been and continues to be that the right is dangerous and hostile and, and exactly the same thing what we say to the other. This is, this is why I keep saying that each side is going to say exactly what the other side says. They're going to accuse the other side of the very same thing because they're not talking to each other. We accuse them of being hateful and violent and hostile and inflammatory and, and all of that and they accuse us of doing being the exact same way, right? So this kid, a kid, I, use, I think he's in his, well into his 20s or something, um, said, well, I'm going to go. Maybe to prove to himself, to say, okay, I want to make sure that this is true, that we're really up against a bunch of violent, uh, hostile, gun-toting freaks, right? Well, he went, and that's not what he found. He found that they were all very nice to him, that they were, even when he made it clear of who who he was you know i they weren't they didn't just suddenly punch him in the face it was it like many trump rallies like many republican rallies you see there is a much it appears to me and appears to many if you watch them a much greater emphasis on optimism and uh being very friendly to everybody around the, the the point of optimism and patriotism and supporting your country and supporting everybody in it is sort of what Republicans are trying to get across. While at, whereas you look at some sort of liberal rally or protest and it's all anger, all of it, it's anger, it's hostile, it's nasty. Their faces are twisted into sneers. These people are pissed off and angry. It doesn't even matter if they, that they hold all the power in the country right now. See, it doesn't matter because they're miserable creatures at their core. This is who they are. I will absolutely guarantee that if a, somebody went to one of those rallies and wore just a MAGA hat and just stood there and didn't do anything, I guarantee that person would be physically attacked. First verbally and probably then physically because these people are that way. Or it appears to me. I want somebody to do that. Well, uh, it wasn't that long ago. It was three or four years ago, I believe, where a New York journalist decided as an experiment to wear the MAGA hat in New York, in New York City, and see what happened. And he could not believe the hostility uh, that from, you know, from strangers. I mean, he really did fear for his life. Now take that and compare it to this young man's experience at a Trump rally. And how he was surprised at how warm and, and inviting everybody was, despite, uh, you know, his, his beliefs. And I'm sure he kept his beliefs to himself, at least at the, at the start. And, you know, they were still very nice to him, I think, even when they found out. That was the point. Now, at the same time, you have the President of the United States standing in front of 325 million people and saying that, uh, that anybody who supports the idea of make America great again or anybody who supports Donald Trump is a dangerous extremist. Now, he tried to walk that back a little bit uh, in the next day or so, saying, well, he wasn't referring to all Republicans and that um, it's just a small group uh, that he believes. But 
actually, I think he didn't even really use the word small. I mean, he, he was basically saying anybody who's MAGA, anybody who supports Trump. And that's what the rhetoric is from the left. That's what it is. Now, that lumps tens of millions of people into one group as being potential threats to the government, which, of course, is completely untrue and a flat-out lie. It has now reached the point where that echo chamber, that refusal to listen to their side, has now affected even the highest reaches of our government. It has affected the president. It has affected the White House. They are pushing a rhetoric that they apparently believe because they're told to believe it and not because they are interacting with any of these people. How could they? Their entire administration is, is left. The entire media is left. All of Hollywood is left. All of the education strata, every bit of it is left. They never interact with conservatives, so how would they know? That's what happens. That's what happens when you silence the other half completely, and then you just decide to make up stories about how dangerous they are. You have the press secretary saying people, quote, died on January 6th. No, they didn't. One person died, and it was somebody who was a conservative MAGA individual. Nobody else died. This was not 9-11. And there are people still sitting in jail for that for absolutely no reason whatsoever. I have never once defended the actions of January 6th. What I have done is attempt to provide some reality to that in the, in the wake of the media latching onto it and turning it into something like, like it's 9-11. Which is not only incredibly insulting to the people who lost their lives, the 30, what, 3,200 people, innocent victims, Americans who lost their lives on that day as compared to the zero on January 6th, aside from the one that was on our side. The bottom line is when this rhetoric takes hold and starts to infect everything and nobody listens to one another, You get tweets like that from Kathy Griffin. You get tweets like that all across the left. They really do believe it. Why? Because they have no experience with it. None. Zero. Zip. Uh, Ben Shapiro, as some of you may know, was at a a convention of podcasts, podcasters, and he was, they didn't know he was coming. He just, you know, he showed up and all he did was walk around, shake a few hands and say hello. That's it. That's all he did. And the organization that put it together put out a, immediately put out an apology saying that they were sorry that, you know, he was caused, he was, he was creating such discomfort that he was, that his dangerous presence was not, they didn't prepare for it and that it was making their people feel very, you know, uh, oppressed and stepped on or whatever. And, And his show, which is really very comedic, goes, oh yes, I'm a dangerous man. You know, I'm a short little Jewish man walking around shaking hands. And apparently that's enough to make these people continue to spread the lie that somehow I'm dangerous and that I'm endangering somebody's lives or oppressing their views simply by being in the vicinity. He didn't even espouse any political views. He didn't do anything. He just talked to people and said, hello, how are you? And left. That was all there was. It didn't amount to anything. The video was there for you to see. And, of course, some trans somewhere in there felt all oppressed and, oh, geez, he's anxious. And he's... Here's the thing. That person, which, by the way, the, the liberals are big on creating entire uh, dictates and mandates based on an extreme minority. He's the one or she's the one or whatever it is, the one that kicked this off and, and made forced, basically forced their hand and said, 
made them do the apology, I guarantee that individual, that trans individual, I will guarantee you one thing. It's never to listen to a single solitary word of Ben Shapiro's podcast or read a single solitary word of anything Ben Shapiro has written. Never. It's the tone deafness. It's what they're told to believe. This person is dangerous because I tell you they are. You don't have to do any of the research on your own. You don't have to go and uh, determine for yourself what this person is, who this person is, what they really believe. No, we're going to tell you. And we're going to keep telling you on a daily basis with this echo chamber in place. And we're going to keep pounding it into your skull. So to the point where you're going to believe it's complete fact with zero evidence to back it up. Now, people are talking about, you know, given the civil war element of Griffin's tweet, you know, everyone talks about that. And I said before at the start of this podcast that we would lose uh, if there was a civil war, I mean, an uprising of the right against left. Well, I, I mean that in that if the left is still in control of all forms of government and all forms of the pillars of power in the society, the, the, there's no way we win that. How? That's impossible. When Biden made his now infamous sort of, what is it, F F-15 quote about how he was basically saying it's a bad idea because the government will just, you know, use immense firepower and take us out. It was, again, something tactless and stupid to say, but he's not wrong. And I've said this before. You can pick up all the arms you want. You can be the best armed individual on the face of the earth. You can, you can ally yourself. You can create an army of really well-armed individuals, millions of them, in fact. It's not going to do you any good. It doesn't do you any good in the face of nuclear firepower, all of which is under control by one side. This is not the Revolutionary War, where we were a little outgunned and a little out-strategized in the fact that we didn't have a really a standing army, and of course England did. This was, you know, they, some of the guns were slightly different. This wasn't, oh, we're going to want some, one side has a pistol, the other one has a bomb that could literally wipe out life on three-quarters of the country. And one side does not have that. The World War II ended because we dropped the bomb that, well, shocked even Japan. The most hard-headed, fiercest uh, warriors on the earth, as many of our soldiers would, would tell us when they got back, just how loyal they were, just how hard they fought. That thing would, took them to their knees and said, okay, we're done. Because we don't have anything like that and we can't continue this. No matter how hard we fight, no matter how many people we have, this, this, this is no good. We'll just be eliminated from the face of the earth. Well, if we have don't have that either, and there is no conservative or right-wing power that has any such weaponry on our in our arsenal, and the U.S. government, controlled by the left, has all of it, not to mention the fact that they control all of the media and all the messaging that goes out, the left-wing media dominates that. They control the education. Left-wing has vice grip on that. And all forms of entertainment, which is a major source of, of, of information now these days because they're all political. Where and how do you envision any way that citizens could pick up their arms and have any impact besides just massive slaughter on their side? You're not going to get anywhere, and all you're really going to do is prove their point by saying that's what we want to do and we want to just, you know, take a bunch of guns to the White House. That will do nothing. Look, I know I'm, I'm making sort of painting a grim picture here and saying, well, we're painted into a corner and there's really nothing we can do, but I don't know what else to tell you. The only thing we can do is vote. 
Um, that's how Republic is supposed to function. Now, if those systems are broken too, uh, we have a problem, but I don't know what to do with it. This is, this is unprecedented in history. This is not the uh, citizens rising up in Russia against the czars. This is not the French Revolution. This is this when, when everybody, even, the, even when powers have full control over a country, there's no massive gap in terms of firepower and what one side holds versus the other. And, how, and at that, during those times, uh, when there are millions of people out there who are pushing back against a very small minority, they could really do something because manpower meant something. Now it doesn't mean anything, not with the kind of firepower that the government holds under its thumb. And when the left wing holds that firepower under its thumb and we don't, there's not, you don't want a civil war at this point, not when we have control over nothing. Your sad little arsenal out in the shed will do nothing. It might protect you, certainly not going to overthrow any government. So you have to vote, you have to get out, you have to hope that that works. At that, what what I've been doing, and yeah, I look, I don't know any other way to do this. Is I've been just sort of retreating from the whole mess and saying, look, I'm not, I'm simply not going to interact with these people. I can't deal with it. And I've just, of course, I've just been saying that the reason why we're in this position is because we can't talk to each other. But I still haven't come across uh, on Twitter or any other form of social media any liberal who is willing to discuss anything, ever. All they want to do is scream names at me and run away. All they want to do is make mass judgments based on essentially nothing, not listen to a word I have to say, not engage in civil debate or conversation, and just scream racist, fascist, bigot, and run away. And never, again, never listen to a word of my podcast, never see anything I wrote on Twitter, nothing, ever. Don't know anything. But this is how they're going to react. How they can do that and pretend to be educated and act so smug, so vastly superior to all the rest of us poor, backwards, less educated Neanderthals boggles the mind. Because what they're, what they're basically saying is that we're going to believe anything, any form of authority tells us, and that every headline that comes at us, which we have created, we created that situation where these kinds of headlines are coming to me because this is the content I've interacted with, so I'm just going to get more of it. And I'll never see the other side ever. And when I do, I'll delete it and ignore it because it's supposed to be, because they're telling me I'm supposed to. In the 60s, it was damn the man. It was to hell with, with big brother and the government. Somehow, that same group is now all for big government, all for big brother, and all for spying on Americans on a daily basis and taking everything from them, including their personal freedoms and all their money, and giving it to people who are quote-unquote oppressed, when in fact those people are the most privileged on the face of the earth right now. Have every single benefit could not possibly be maligned in the media, ever, for anything. Employers couldn't fire them, have to hire them. Universities can't reject them, have to accept them. The administration and every law that's passed is in their favor. And somehow, some way, they're still oppressed. All the people supporting them are still angry and hostile. And maybe it's just because they're angry, hostile people, and it doesn't matter what you give them. So now the answer is don't give them an inch and don't listen to them and just do what you're going to do and live your life and ignore these whack jobs because they're obviously not willing to listen, but there's not much I can do about that. I have tried. I think some, many of us have tried. I want to know how many of them have tried.
I'm sure they have. I'm sure there are some left-wingers out there somewhere that are maybe more moderate that have tried to interact with people on the right and have unfortunately come in contact with a bunch of people who are a little far too far to the right who have screamed at them in return. They ran away. We can't keep this up, but I don't see any way out of it because of the division that we have placed, the gap between us created by uh, essentially artificial intelligence. You could You could make the argument. Because they dictate what we see in a daily life. Uh, and at every single step of it, this is what we get. This is what we ingest. How can we not believe? How can the left not believe everything it's fed when it's all they ever see? And when they know they are, they're aware of other sort, sites and sources out there, but they're told that those are second-tier, inflammatory, racist, not no real journalism over there. They're, so why bother? Why go see for myself? Why waste part of my day, right? Anyway... I wanted to get that out there. I wanted to make it plain. Uh, that's what that tweet sort of made me think about. Um, it's lack of communication and the fact that we are in a very, very difficult sort of a no-win situation because of the fact that we control nothing. Uh, and for the first time really in human history, um, the difference in power uh, in terms of messaging and politics and uh, ammunition, and it's so lopsided based on whoever is in political power, that we have to worry about that. You know, there's, it's difficult to get past. Um, you, you can't have, you know, the threat of nuclear war within the United States. You just can't. But if you push back, who knows what they're going to do? And you have to concern yourself with that. And there's no defense against it. So there's no defense against the, you know, fighter pilot dropping whatever they want to drop. They're owned by the liberal regime. What are you going to do about it with your AR-15? I don't know. What? I guess the only thing right now is just to defend yourself, defend your values as best you can, um, and try to live your life as best you can, and go to the polls and vote, and try and get some semblance of balance restored. And I think the only way we can do that the only way you're ever going to get sanity back is if there is some balance in the in the uh, array of power. It's all on one side right now. And that's bad no matter which side it is. Because the other side of people in the country will always feel like second-class citizens when that happens. And there will always be a massive division and pushback. There's supposed to be balance. Throughout all of this, throughout all of American history, there's always been a balancing between left and right. There's always been, okay, the, the, this is where there's a lot of left-wingers. This is where there's a lot of right-wingers. But they both held certain positions of power within, this, within the country. At this point in time, this might be the first time in history, in this country's history, where one political side holds all of the power. And that's why we're seeing the problems that we're seeing right there. They can't call for unity when this is happening. Anyway, that's it for me. Appreciate your time as always. Ran a little long this today, but sometimes I get talking about a topic uh, about which I'm passionate and there's not much I can do to stop myself until I'm done, until the uh, thought train has run its course. So, appreciate you listening. Feel free to share with friends and family. Uh, and... Hopefully you have better ideas than I do as to how to deal with this thing, better ideas that don't involve violence, and just try and deal with life as best you can, be optimistic and cheerful as best you can, and we will see what happens, and I'll see you again next week. Thank you.